Chapter Three of the Dream Coach by Anne Parrish. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Lynette Calkins, Monument, Colorado. The Dream Coach. Goran's Dream. Crack went the driver's whip, but it did not hurt the galloping misty horses, for it was only a ribbon of rainbow that he liked to use, because both he and his horses thought it so pretty and away went the great coach over the forests and over the seas over the cities and plains to a country where the sea thrusts long silver fingers into the land where mountains are white with snow at the same time that the meadows are bright with wild flowers and where in summer the sun never sets and in winter it never rises and here the dream coach drew up beside a cottage where a lonely little norwegian boy was falling asleep come goren called the driver come climb on to the coach and find the dream i have brought for you who was goren what dream did he find that you shall hear little goren and his grandmother lived in a tiny house in norway high above the deep waters of a fjord when goren was a baby they used to tie one end of a rope around his waist and the other to the door so that if he toddled over the edge he could be hauled back like a fish on a line but now he was no longer a baby but a big boy six years old and he tried to take care of his grandmother as a big boy should it was a lovely spot in summer when the waterfalls went pouring down milk white into the green fjord sending up so much spray that they looked as if they were steaming hot when rainbows hung in the sky, when the small steep meadows were bright with wild flowers, and even the sod roof of the cottage was like a little wild garden of harebells and pansies and strawberries that Goran gathered for breakfast sometimes. He was happy all day then, fishing in the fjord, making a little cart for Nana the goat to pull, trying to teach Gustava the hen to sing, putting on his fingers the pink and purple hats that he picked from the tall spires of wild foxglove and monkshood, and making them dance and bow, and listening to the loud music of the waterfalls after rain. And in the evening after supper, Goran's grandmother would tell him splendid stories while they sat together in the doorway making straw beehives, sewing the rounds of straw together with split blackberry briars. The sun would shine on the straw and make it look so yellow and glistening that Goran would pretend he was making a golden beehive for the queen bee's palace. For where Goran lived, the sun never sets at all in the middle of summer, and it is bright daylight not only all day, but all night as well. You and I would never have known when to go to bed, but Goran and his grandmother were used to it, and even Gustava, the hen, knew enough to put her head under her wing and make her own dark night. But with winter, changes came. The flowers slept under the earth until spring's call should wake them, and yawning and stretching, stretching, they should stretch up into the air and sunlight. The waterfalls no longer flung up clouds of spray like smoke, but built roofs of ice over themselves. And, strangest of all, the winter darkness came, so that the days were like the nights, and you and I would never have known when to get up. I must go to the village for our winter supplies before snow falls and cuts us off, his grandmother said to Goran one day. Neighbor Skilstad has offered me a seat in his rowboat tomorrow, and will bring me back the next day. You won't be afraid to stay here alone, will you, Goran? No, grandmother, said Goran. 
he pretended to be tremendously interested in poking his finger into the earth in a geranium pot so that his grandmother shouldn't see that his eyes were full of tears and his lower lip was trembling for to tell you the truth he was frightened the little house was so far from any other house and then goran had never spent a night alone last year when the winter supplies were brought he had gone to the village with his grandfather and he had told nana and gustava and Miguel the cat all about what a wonderful place it was a thousand times over the warm shop with its great cheeses in wooden boxes painted with bright birds and flowers and its glowing stove as tall and slim as a proud lady in a black dress with a wreath of iron ferns upon her head the other children who had let him play with them while grandfather exchanged the socks and mittens knitted by grandmother for potatoes and candles and they had slept at the inn under a feather bed so heavy that you would have thought by morning they would have been pressed as flat as the flowers in grandmother's big bible but they weren't they got up just as round as ever and had a wonderful breakfast of dark grayish-brown goat's milk cheese cold herring and stewed bilberries grandfather had gone to heaven since then and goran wondered if he could possibly be finding it as delightful as the village how he did want to go this time but of course he knew that someone must stay behind to feed nana and gustava and Mijau, to tend the fire and water the geraniums and wind the clock so he said as bravely as he could i'll take care of everything grandmother soon after his grandmother left the snow began to fall how that frightened goran sometimes it snowed so hard that she could never get back to him for when winter really began the little house was often up to its chimney in snow and they could get to no one and no one could get to them how poor little goran's heart began to hammer at the thought he fell to work to make himself forget the snow first seizing a broom made of a bundle of twigs he swept the hard earth floor which in summer had so pretty a carpet of green leaves strewn fresh every day by goran and his grandmother then he poured some water on the geraniums in the window only spilling a little on himself then he struck mija who was purring loudly in front of the fire and all this made him feel much better time for dinner goran said the old clock on the wall at least it said ding 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 which meant the same thing so goran ate the goat's milk cheese and black bread that his grandmother had left for him and then and not before he summoned up enough courage to look out to see if the snow was still falling it was snowing harder than ever and already everything had a deep fluffy covering oh would his grandmother ever be able to get back to him but he must be brave and not cry for he was six years old he said a little prayer as his grandmother had taught him to do whenever he was frightened or unhappy and his heavy heart grew lighter i'll make a snowman goran decided perhaps then the time would seem shorter grandfather and he had made a splendid snowman after the first snowman last winter it was not late enough in the year to have the day as dark as night it was only as dark as a deep winter twilight and the white snow seemed to give out a light of its own for goran to work by first he found an old broomstick and thrust it into the snow so that it stood upright then he pushed the heavy wet snow around it padding on here scooping out there until there was a body to hold the big snowball he rolled for the head 
A bent twig pressed in made a pleasant smile, and for eyes Goran ran indoors and took from the little box that held his treasures two marbles of sky-blue glass that his grandfather had given him once for his birthday. What a beautiful snowman! With his sky-blue eyes he gazed through the falling snow at little Goran. Ding, 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 called the old clock, and that was the same as saying, Time for supper, Goran. The fire lit up the room with a warm glow, painted the curtains crimson, and made wavering gigantic shadows on the walls. The water bubbled in the pot, and the boiling potatoes knocked against the lid. Prr, prr, said Mijao, blinking in front of the blaze, and the old clock answered, Tock, tick, tock. Goran had given their supper to Nana and Gustava and Mijao, and had taken one good night look at his snowman. Now he put his bowl of boiled potatoes on the table in front of the fire and pulled up his chair. Lying on the floor where she had fallen from his box when he was getting his snowman's blue eyes was a playing card, the Queen of Clubs. His grandfather had found it lying in the road in the village and had brought it home as a present for Goran. The little boy thought the queen was very splendid, with her crown and her veil and her dress trimmed with bands of blue and leaves and stars and rising suns of yellow. In one hand, she held on high a little yellow flower. Now he picked her up and he put her on a chair beside him, pretending the queen had come for supper to keep him from being lonely. Each mouthful potato he first offered her with great politeness, but the delicate lady only gazed off into space. Goran's supper made his insides feel as if a soft blanket had been tucked cozily about them, and he was warm and sleepy. "'Was there anything else Grandmother told me to do before I went to bed?' he murmured. "'Tick-tock. Yes, there was,' the clock replied. "'She told you to wind me up. Climb on a chair and do it carefully. Don't shake me. I can't stand that, for I'm not as young as I used to be.' "'And I want a drink!' cried the youngest geranium, who was little and had been hidden by the bigger pots when Goran watered them. "'Knock! Knock! Knock! What a knocking at the door!' Goran ran to open it, and the firelight fell on Nana the goat and Gustava the hen against a background of whirling snow. Nana was wearing Grandmother's quilted jacket. Where in the world had she found that? And Gustava had wrapped Goran's muffler about herself and the little basket she carried on her wing. Good evening, began Nana, rather timidly for her. May Gustava and I come in and sit by the fire? We thought you might be lonely, and that it is so cold in the shed. I did have a muffler like Gustava's, but I absent-mindedly ate it. I'm growing very absent-minded. We've come with an important message for you, but I can't remember what it is. Can you, Gustava? Clock, clock! No, I can't, but I've brought my beautiful child to call on you, said Gustava, and she lifted her wing and showed Goran the brown egg in her basket. Shut the door! Shut the door! Several geraniums called indignantly. We are very delicate, and we shall catch our deaths of cold. So in came Nana and Gustava and Gustava's egg, and Goran shut the door. Present my subjects, commanded the queen of clubs, and Goran saw that she was no longer a little card, but a lady as big as his grandmother. In front, she still wore her blue and red and yellow dress, but in back, she was all blue, every inch of her, with a pattern of gilt stars, and when she turned sideways, 
She seemed to vanish, for she was only as thick as cardboard. But she was so proud and grand that Goran wished he had on his Sunday suit, with the long black trousers and the short black jacket with its big silver buttons, the waistcoat all covered with needlework flowers, and the raspberry pink neckerchief. This is Nana, our goat, your majesty, he said. Goat, you may kiss my hand, said the queen. I don't know whether I want to replied rude Nana, who had never been presented to a queen before and didn't know the proper way to behave. "'Mercy on us! What matters?' cried the geraniums, blushing deep red that the queen should be spoken to in that manner, in what they thought of as their house. "'But I wouldn't mind eating your yellow flower,' continued Nana. "'I like to eat flowers!' And she looked at the geraniums, who nearly fainted. "'Your turn next!' said the queen to Gustava. She had heard gentlemen say that so often when they were playing scat with her and her companions that she always repeated it when she could think of nothing else to say. Squawk! Cluck! cried Gustava. Would your majesty like to see my beautiful child? And she showed the queen her egg. Just look, your majesty. Have you ever seen anything more lovely? Such a pale brown color, such an innocent expression. Perhaps your majesty is also a mother? Tick-tock! Don't forget to wind me, said the old clock. Gustava Hen talks too much, the fat teapot in the corner cupboard told her daughters the teacups. When the queen speaks to you, just say, yes, your majesty, and no, your majesty, and I dare say she will take you all to court and find you handsome husbands among the royal coffee cups. Your majesty should see my beautiful home, went on Gustava, a nest of pure gold. She thought it was gold, but it was really yellow straw. Just like my throne, replied the queen. Speaking of beautiful homes, you should see my palace. There are 53 rooms. She said this because it was the highest number she knew, for there are 53 cards in the pack, counting the joker, who keeps all the cards amused when they are shut up in their box. And she had seen a room in the palace because she had been used in a game of scat there once in her early youth. But that was long, long ago. My throne and the king's throne are pure gold, just like your nest, my good Gustava. And the walls are painted red and white in swirls, like strawberries and cream. The stove has such a tall, slender figure and wears a golden crown. And then, just imagine, all the lamps are dripping with icicles at the same time that the floor is covered with blooming roses. For that is how she thought of the glass lusters on the lamps and the carpet on the floor. Icicles? Ice! Freezing! That reminds me of our important message, said Nana. Your snowman, Goran, he looks so dreadfully cold out there, we were afraid he would perish. Oh, yes, how could we have forgotten for so long? Cluck, cluck, cluck. He will certainly be frozen to death unless something is done quickly. Do you mean to tell me that anyone is out of doors on such a night as this? questioned the queen. Have him brought in at once. Your turn next and she looked so severely at Goran that he felt his ears getting red. So Goran and Nana brought the snowman in while the queen gave orders from the doorway. Gustava sat on her darling egg to keep it warm. Mijao walked away with his tail as big as a bottle brush, and the geraniums cried in chorus, Shut the door! Shut the door! We shall all catch cold! Poor thing! How pale he is! exclaimed the queen. And how dreadfully cold! Put him in a chair by the fire! 
the snowman looked out of wondering sky-blue glass eyes but never said a word for he was very shy and as he had only been born that afternoon everything in the world was new to him i want a drink cried the youngest geranium and tick tock tick don't forget to wind me the old clock repeated but no one paid any attention to them your turn next said the queen to nana make a blaze for this poor creature is nearly frozen so with a clatter of tiny hooves nana built up the fire only pausing to eat a twig or two until even mija was nearly roasted but the poor snowman was worse instead of better his twig mouth still smiled bravely and his blue eyes remained wide open but tears seemed to pour down his cheeks and he was growing thinner before their very eyes if you please he said in a timid voice i'm give him a drink of something hot advised the fat teapot and that reminded the youngest geranium who began screaming i want a drink i want a drink i want a drink i'll be delighted to oblige with some nice warm milk nana offered so goran milked a bowlful but the snowman could not drink it and the tears ran faster and faster down his face if you please he began again faintly we must put him to bed the queen interrupted with a stern look at gustava who was sitting on her darling egg in the centre of grandmother's feather bed your turn next grandmother's bed was built into the wall like a cupboard it was all carved with harebells and pine cones and kobolds and nixies the kobolds are the elves who live in the mountain forests and the nixies are water fairies who sit under the waterfalls playing upon their harps and making the sweetest music in the world there was a big white feather bed on grandmother's bed and a big red feather bed on top of that and two fat pillows stuffed with goose feathers and above all this was a little shelf with two smaller feather beds and two smaller pillows and that was goran's bed on dreadfully cold nights they pulled two little wooden doors shut and there they were quite warm and cozy even quite stuffy you and i might think the doors of the bed were painted with pink tulips and red hearts and grandmother said it made her feel quite young and warm to look at them and goran said it made him feel quite young and warm too and gustava the hen thought they were beautiful so there she sat on her darling egg and as she could never think of more than one thing at a time she had forgotten all about the snowman and was happily clucking this song to her egg make a wreath i beg for my darling egg flowers blue as cloudless sky when the summer sun is high harebells little cups of blue holding drops of crystal dew rain wet pinks as sweet as spice lilies white as snow and ice lemon colored lilies too and the flax flowers lovely blue strawberries sweet and red and small and the purple monks head tall let the moon-white daisies shine bring the coral columbine weave the shining buttercup bind the sweet wild roses up poppies red as coals of fire and the speckled foxglove spire and the iris blue that gleams knee-deep in the foaming streams bring the spruce cones brown and long thus ran on gustava's song make a wreath i beg for my darling egg make a wreath i beg for gustava's egg broke in nana the goat impatiently why leave the geraniums out add the teapot's broken spout cheese and brown potatoes too anything at all will do feathers from the feather bed goran's mittens warm and red and the flower the queen holds up and the cracked blue china cup but the queen has said kindly leave that bed 
So Gustava had to flop off the bed with a squawk while Goran handed her her egg and then they put the poor snowman, what was left of him, into grandmother's bed and pulled the eiderdown quilts over him. If you please, said the snowman in a feeble whisper. Oh, if you please, I'm... I know this is the right thing to do because it is the way we always treat snowmen at the palace, broke in the queen. To tell you the truth, she had never seen a snowman in her life before, but she would never admit that she didn't know all about everything. The snowman looked at them with despairing sky-blue eyes while his tears poured down, soaking grandmother's pillow. He had tried desperately to tell them something, but they would none of them listen. Suddenly, Goran knew what it was. I believe we're melting him, said Goran. He needs air. I need air said the snowman, his face shining with hope. Air, said the queen. Nonsense. He's had too much air. He needs a hot brick at his feet. I need air, faltered the snowman. Air, air, nonsense, cried the fat teapot and all her teacup daughters, hoping the queen would hear and take them back to the palace with her. I need air, sighed the snowman, and now he looked discouraged. Air? and Mijao squeezed himself under the chest of drawers, much annoyed with everyone. I need air, breathed the snowman, looking at Goran with imploring eyes. Air? Mercy on us! That will mean opening the door again! And the geraniums shivered in every leaf and petal. But Goran had helped the poor snowman, now nearly melted away, out of bed, and was leading him to the door. I need whispered the snowman and his voice was so faint that goran could hardly hear it and there because he was melting away so fast his mouth fell out and lay on the floor just a little bent twig poor snowman oh poor snowman he could not make a sound now he could only look at them so sadly so sadly but a little mouse peeping with bright eyes out of its hole saw what had happened, and since Mijao was nowhere in sight, ventured to squeak, Oh, please, ma'am, oh, please, sir, the poor gentleman's mouth is lying on the floor. So the queen picked it up and pressed it into place again, but by mistake she put it on the wrong side, so that instead of a pleasant smile, the snowman had the crossest mouth in the world pulled far down at each corner. And what a change it made in him! Before, his voice had been a gentle whisper. Now it was an angry bellow that made the teacups shiver on their shelf and the geraniums turn quite pale, and the little mouse dived back with a squeak into her hole, thinking to herself, Well, I never... Here, you! shouted the snowman. Get me out of here, and get me out quick. Hop along, my girl, and open the door. Your turn next. This was to the astonished queen. Now then, carry me out. Tick-tock, I'm feeling dreadfully run down, said the old clock. Tick-tock, wind the clock. Tick-tock, wind it quick. Tick-tock. And he stopped talking. The astonished queen meekly threw open the door, and Goran carried the snowman into the snowy darkness. Brrr, it was bitter cold. Now bring some snow and build me up, the snowman ordered. Leave the door open so that you can see. Don't dawdle. 
the firelight from the open door shone on his blue glass eyes and made two angry red sparks gleam in them goran and the queen gustava and nana scooped up handfuls and hoofuls and wingfuls of newly fallen snow and patted it on to the snowman until he stuck out his chest more proudly than he had done in the first place and he was so fat that he looked as if he were wearing six white fur coats one on top of another and all the time when he wasn't frightening the queen half out of her wits by shouting your turn next he kept muttering away to himself melt me over the fire smother me in a feather bed put a hot brick at my feet it was when goran was patting a little fresh snow on the snowman's nose that he accidentally knocked his twig mouth off again and this time it was put back right side up so that the snowman was as smiling as he had been in the beginning he stopped roaring he stopped muttering did the fire die down for the red sparks no longer gleamed in his gentle sky-blue eyes oh thank you so much said the snowman you have been so kind to me and i know that you were trying to help me in the house forgive me for having been so cross will you please forgive me and the snowman looked so anxiously at goran and the queen and nana and gustava that they all answered yes yes of course we will and will you please forgive us for nearly melting you and now go in for this lovely air is cold for you i know oh it is bitter cold agreed the queen brr it is bitter cold brr it was bitter cold goran rubbed his eyes only a few red embers glowed in the fireplace how stiff he was he must have slept in his chair all night but he could not tell how late it was for the clock had stopped he had forgotten to wind it he remembered now there sat the queen in her chair but she was just a little cardigan then he remembered the snowman he ran out of doors there the snowman stood as roly-poly as ever with his twig mouth smiling and his sky-blue eyes wide open he said nothing but goran felt that they two understood each other what a night it had been could it all have been a dream but now the night was over and the storm was over and best of all through the dim twilight he saw on the fjord far below him neighbor skillstad's rowboat and seated in it wrapped in her red shawl his own dear grandmother coming home to him end of chapter three recording by lynette calkins monument colorado